Yo, welcome to the Kevin Hayden Podcast, a lively conversation each week about the world of music, music business, music trends, along with insight on social issues and current affairs. I am your host, Kevin Hayden, a.k.a. Thanos, a.k.a. The GOAT. You will receive viable information to enhance your music career from myself and other music industry professionals, seasoned veteran musicians, artists, and producers. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Who is Quinnell Gaskin? Quinnell Gaskin is a pianist, composer, arranger, teacher, and producer that is passionate about sharing the gift of music with the world. With over 23 years of experience as a musician, Quinnell has touched countless lives across the world with his message of love. And he is here today with the KHP family. That is the Kevin Hayden Podcast family. How are you doing today, Quinnell? I'm doing great. Um, thank you so much for having me, man. I like to be here. Oh, man, it is an honor. Myself, man, have just listened to your music and your expressions uh, throughout the years. And, and I'm one of the many you've touched. And uh, it's just an honor that uh, you would come and join us today and, and just give us some insight and, and just have a, a general conversation. Um, and that's what's up. Lord God be the glory all the time, man. All right, now I'm I'm looking on your website and I see the Yamaha. I see the Yamaha mm -hmm. piano. Are, is there a business relationship there, or is that just your preference of uh, pianos? Or what is your favorite piano anyway? Man, working on it. We're actually work. I'm working on some things actually in contact or trying was trying to get with some agents. Um, but my thing is everything happens in its timing. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as my uh, favorite keyboard, I, I like Yamaha's. I'm actually endorsed with Mason and Hamlin, oh. uh, which is a company out of Boston, a little bit outside of Boston. And uh, they signed me this year after I was able to play uh, with a couple of different people there at NAMM 2019. Okay. It was really great. And so uh, they wound up bringing me to the factory and uh, wound up signing, signing on with them. So I'm excited about that. And, uh, a couple of other things in the works as well. So I like I like Yamaha. I like Mason Ham is a wonderful piano as well. I think more people definitely need to know about them. And uh, I like Nord as well. I really more their keyboards uh, is really great. The Nord organ is cool as well. But I'm um, I'm a piano player at heart, man. And my thing has always been um, if it got keys, we can make it work. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You'll figure, keys, you'll figure it out. If it's got keys, you'll, yeah. you'll figure out the rest. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll figure it out, man. And uh, nothing speaks to us more than a, an acoustic instrument because of the strings and the vibrations of our bodies mm -hmm. and also the vibration that comes from the string. So the piano is a very, very powerful acoustic piano. It's a very, very powerful instrument. I believe that we've been blessed to, um, to have. The acoustic piano. Now, I was going to ask you because... You know, technology is getting up there, but it is. is it is it still missing that organic feel? Like, I don't know how close they are. You know, I, I mean, I love Nord. I have a uh, Nord yeah. organ. I got the older one, the C1. Okay. But, mm -hmm. but I, I, lo I love it. Um, I'm a big Yamaha piano fan. Um, yeah. So I have their MX-88. And okay. I, I love that, you know, just the, the stock piano that comes with it. But is there a psychological difference when you approach a piano 
versus a keyboard, even aesthetically, because, you know, the piano is like this. It's like a, an expensive piece of furniture. I mean, yeah. I, I think that the church I was just at, they had a, uh, a Boston piano. Okay. Yeah. It's a, a yeah. $30,000 piano. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I don't know yeah. how expensive they get, but I mean, these things, I, I guess uh, you'd be in a certain, I don't know, you tell me if you'd be in a different mindset approaching a piano versus even the top Nord available. Oh, well, I, I, I don't say this. I'm saying I have this thing to where I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm not downing anybody or, you know, uh, belittling anything, mm -hmm. uh, any particular company who produces keyboards because I love keyboards, but it's nothing like a piano. It's nothing like a, an acoustic piano. My approach to a piano and a keyboard is very, very different mm -hmm. because the instrument, uh, every instrument talks back to you. Right. And it's like almost becoming one with it. So the way that I would approach playing a keyboard uh, is totally different. What I get from keyboard is nowhere near uh, what I get from a piano. Uh, whether it's a Mason Hamlin, um, I think they have a nine-footer uh, that I played when I went, uh, wonderful. Or whether it's a C7 Yamaha, which is wonderful. I played Boston. I did my piano concert at the Steinway Factory in Fort Worth, Texas. I played a hundred and what thirty seven thousand dollar Steinway D, mm -hmm. and what I was able to do there because of the vibrations, what I got from it, its response to me, the action of it, man. Um, I don't think I think keyboards are great, but I think when it comes to it, um, they're just ugh, it's not it's it's no comparison. Gotcha. That's just my personal opinion, and that's not to put anybody, any particular keyboard company, because I, you know, you got to be careful. Cause, oh, they down on my project, no, my, my particular product. No, that's not what I'm doing. You know, and I think, I think, and I get your point. And I think these companies understand that. I would say it's way easier to ask for a Nord than it is a baby grand piano. Oh, <laughs> you get what I'm yeah. saying? So I, there, in I, terms, in I, terms of being. Um, more economical for like situations where uh, different key, you know, like a venue is hosting different players and they're going to want different instruments. Um, you know, in that case, you, you want a keyboard that something that can, you know, switch sounds and give, give a basic uh, feel to what they need because, you know, people can't uh, now, well, not everyone is set up to be like wheeling in a piano and wheeling in a, a B3 oh, when you need or or wheeling in a roads when you need it, you know. <laughs> so true. Well, that happened to me last year. Yeah. Uh, I was on tour with a good friend of mine, my brother Derek Wright, that plays drums for Dell. Okay. And uh, he was invited uh, to do with the Tam Tam Drum Fest. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Kevin. Mm -hmm. um, the, we did Tam Tam in Paris, France, and then Seville, Spain, and then we was all over Liechtenstein. Germany, Stockholm, Oslo, Berlin. So we were all over the place and they could not get me an organ everywhere. So he did something a little bit different. Instead of having a piano player come and play or play with tracks there, he decided, hey, it'll just be a duo. We'll do some tracks and then we'll do organ. 
but they couldn't get an organ everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they had to get a Nord organ because it was just more feasible. And um, so I definitely do agree that it's not always easy to, to, to lug around a Hammond B3 organ. We did have it at a couple of places. Right. But uh, <laughs> we had to get a Nord. So I believe it'll be the same way. Um, the same way when I've do, done tours in Italy, you know, we had a, uh, a Yamaha that we used because we couldn't get a piano and everything. You, right. you needed the synths and you needed the bass. And so I had to play bass, keyboard, bass, and play synths, piano, strings, you know, get the four different, uh, you know, take out my strings here, put my piano here, yep. piano strings here, <laughs> piano synth here, that kind of vibe. So, yeah, it, it definitely does have its place, you know, definitely for traveling and some venues and expense-wise economically for the tour, for the particular promoter or whatever specific cases may be. Um, sometimes it doesn't allow uh, for the, the moving costs. I found to move pianos, it costs. My piano concert. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, rented, I rented a piano, and actually I was supposed to be playing a C7, and it's actually the piano that Stevie Wonder and a couple other famous people had played. It was rented from a place in Dallas. And for them just to deliver... Um, it was about four or five hundred dollars to oh. use the piano. I paid over a thousand about but a thousand dollars just for one night. Yeah. And so that, that can become costly and so everybody who may might be starting out or even trying to build and you have all the expenses on yourself because you know, that's what I do. I'm an administrator as well. I just don't play, but I'm an administrator, you know, a band leader. And so you got to deal with various different. That's a whole other story. But you got to deal with personalities. You got to put stuff together. You got to make sure things are being said that fit your vision, fit what you're trying to go for, what you're trying to present to the people. And so to do all of that can it can be yeah a journey. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And to your <laughs> and to your point about how uh, expensive pianos can get, I was looking at you know just trying to find the a fair market value of a Boston piano mm-hmm. and I'm looking online and, and I don't know if people know this, but to have someone come out and appraise a real piano, they want $300. Absolutely. <laughs> I Absolutely. said, Oh, this is no joke. Like, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. this is serious. <laughs> it's very, it's very serious. And to tune a piano, piano tuners can charge anywhere between $80 and up. Just to tune the Just channel. to keep it tuned, yeah. Uh-huh. And so so don't have a, an event. Like we had at Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. I was at Carnegie for the first time. And uh, what an experience, man, uh, to be at, you know, such a prestigious place where so many greats have played. And literally, every time the piano tune would play, it was $80 and um, would tune the piano, $80 and up. So I think he tuned the piano three times. In that one night. And that one night. And that play. one night. Now, let me let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Let, let me tell you, Quinnell. This is a story. I um, <clears throat> And this is something I learned early on. And I, I didn't fully understand what was going on. But uh, a few years back, uh, my trio hosted a concert uh, with Robert Glasper. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was the experiment band. They had just, I think they had just flew over from London or whatnot and you know uh, Robert did a master class in the daytime uh, we couldn't stick around for that but uh, we came back and we had a good time we um 
we played our our set uh which was just the opening set and um you know the guys came back from the hotel early to to watch and and it was cool they're like yo we're here to check y'all out man we saw y'all online and whatnot and i'm like okay cool cool every everybody was cool so after our set <laughs> there was like a short intermission mm-hmm. a lady comes walking on stage to tune the piano i'm like <laughs> i'm like hold on man we only played four songs <laughs> and i'm like what's up with robert you know in my head i'm young you know i don't really know much about the industry and and everything that's i'm still learning right and i'm like yeah is he is he seriously you know is he thinking that you know my keyboard player uh terry harris jr is he seriously thinking that he banged the piano out of tune you know, it, he's he's got a magnificent touch. I'm like, what's up with Robert, man? Is this dude, is he all right? You know, I thought everything was cool. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like yeah. borderline taking offense to this, but that is an industry etiquette Yes, to just retune the piano for every performer. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, a, it's a must. I've been in situations to where I played pianos that were out of tune and pianos that were flat. Mm-hmm. And it was just it depend on the type of ears that you have. Mm-hmm. You you'll be able to. Some can tell the difference, and some can't. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can tell when a piano ain't right. Right. You know, as a, or there are many others who have perfect pitch, relative pitch, or just you just know that something ain't right, and it, it affects it. It definitely affects the sound, whether it's a solo piano or engagement or whatever gig or you know ministry opportunity, or it's a. Um, uh, what you call it, a uh, secular, or you're playing with a band, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think uh, last year, was it last year? Yeah, last year I did uh, Pastor uh, Evans Church, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Evans, at that in Dallas, and the piano had been sitting for a while, and literally I was um, the special guest, musical guest for that, for that, for both services that Sunday, and they rolled out their, I think it's an eight-foot Yamaha, I believe it was, or Steinway, Mm-hmm. And literally, they worked on that thing. They worked on that day thing. They worked on the piano the day before, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. My boy, my brother was telling me, and they worked on it the morning of before wow. I got there to make sure, you know. And so it, it is. It is, you know. <laughs> that's why I think it's so important that we study, yes. you know, study to make sure that. The gripe, some of the gripes or misunderstandings we have, or the shadiness that we think, we really want to make sure that we are around people who have experienced, or not be afraid to ask questions of people who know more than we do, and research that information to make sure that we're not, you know, in a place to where we're thinking something is something that it's really not, just because we don't know, we don't know the etiquette. You know what I'm saying? We don't know the way it's supposed to be, so. I'm really learning to be a student, uh, not just of my craft, but of the other things that surround my craft as well. The business part is so important. Understanding key players in a particular uh, place or concerning a particular field. All of these things are so important. You you gotta know. You gotta know. So you won't be taking offense to something that there's no need to be offended over that. Right. 
right you know <laughs> yeah man it's oh wow yeah and 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 to your point too and then you know talking back uh about keyboards versus acoustic pianos mm-hmm. um just the maintenance that is involved uh you know it's one thing to be able to afford a luxury piano or a luxury uh organ but then to me those instruments are so detailed that they have to yeah. be in environments that people are willing to care for them there's so many ministries uh-huh. have have you seen this so many ministries that buy these expensive pianos buy these expensive organs and then they just deteriorate throughout the years yeah. because nobody takes care of them keys are broken yeah. or how about this drumsticks in the in the in the organ bench uh and I know yes. that's for years. That's been a safe place for them. But it, that those or, organs should have never, no part of the organ should have ever been treated uh, the way that they have been treated. You know, you see, uh, you know, people are using them for coasters. Uh, there's uh, a year, a year supply of church programs on on the organs. You know what I'm saying? Like pens, pencils, and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, and I've seen, I've I've lifted up. Um, I want to say the hood of the piano. What's it called, though? Um, uh, the, the the top of the piano. Yeah, is that called the hood? Oh, man, you you got me on that one. You know I what? I remember. I've always called uh, it the hood, but you know, the, the, the top of the piano. The top of the piano. Yeah, I've, I've li- I lift it up right. And then you uh, might find pencils, rubber bands, all kinds of things. I'm uh, like, hold on, no, not in a thirty thousand dollar piano. What is going yeah. on? You know, and people yeah. are leaning on, leaning on the uh, Leslie. I'm like, don't lean on the Leslie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the organ at all. Yeah, the only thing, the only thing you should do is 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 dust it off with some pledge. You know, um, but you know, I just always, I always say. Uh, those type of instruments, um, they're taken seriously uh, by the people who actually make them, and they should definitely be care- cared for. And uh, to your point, you know, the etiquette with people coming out and retuning a piano. Um, I just want to say, man, it's it's funny how, um, you know, you, you take an instance like that because people want your very best. Yeah. They want your very best. And I think it's such a great thing when you're in a situation where the hosts are catering to you in such a fashion because they pay for you to be there. They might as well get their money's worth. Right. And the only way they can get their money's worth is to truly make sure that you are as comfortable and as happy as things can be for you while you're on that stage. You need to be able to uh-huh. hear and, and you know, and interpret your own playing so that it can reach the audience in the way that you intended. Very, 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 very true. Okay. Cool. I, I, I could not, I could not, I could not agree more, man. Yeah. Could not agree more. Your best presentation and having everything you need to the best ability. Cause sometimes things don't go always as planned. It just depends mm-hmm. on the venue. It depends on the, it can depend on the promoter. Yes. It can depend on the support of ministry that's bringing you in. Um, some things always don't go according to plan. Right. But, you know, but, you know, as much as possible, you want it to be the, 
the best piano, the best keyboard, or, you know, even in your case, the best drums, or even as a leader of the band, the bass, bass rig, the best, you know, make sure that you got the best sound equipment to make sure that the, the amplification of the sound is right. Yes. You know, uh, these things are so, and it's so important. The mics are right. Yes. You know, if you're going to mic the piano, you're going to mic the drums. You want that to be right. You want to make sure that you're heard. You're not too loud. You want to make sure the highs are right. Mm. You want to make sure that the mids are right. You want to make sure that the bass is right. Right. Uh, make sure that, that, that it's not too much bass and not enough piano or too much drums and not enough bass and right. everything. You know, so a lot of things go into making a great presentation. I wish more people um, um, knew and really understood what it takes. Um, <laughs> well, let me let, let me say I, I appreciate you saying that because you just caused me to, to examine myself. Because and the reason being is because I didn't understand the etiquettes of what took place with acoustic pianos. Number one, I would never ask for an acoustic piano on our shows. So mm-hmm. we that I that's my fault because we would just always just default to keyboards. You know, we I would never even think like, can they get us a piano? You never even know if you don't ask. So ask for the best. I love that you said that. Ask. We Musicians need to start high. Ask for the absolute best and work your way down to what they do have available. But Absolutely right. Man, I, I mean, we have probably played countless shows and we could have had a real piano, a real Rhodes. But we didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't even ask. Oh, man. A lot of things, a lot of things that were done, the sticks in the benches, you know, the programs in the organ benches, leaning on the organ, um, you know, leaning on the piano, pens and pencils and rubber bands and the piano, these things, stuff on the keyboard, uh, dumping, having, you know, whatever flowers, it becomes a fixture, you yeah. know, and back to the places and churches and stuff. That's done because of what we don't know. A lot of things, I believe, um, not just musically, not just concerning piano, pianos or organs are done, and even in our life, because of the questions that we don't ask. Yeah. You know, there were certain generations that came up, they didn't ask questions in certain places, in certain cultures. Mm -hmm. You just did what you were told, or you did what you seen. You never asked, well, is this the purpose? So my mentor says, something that has blessed me tremendously. Um, when you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. Mm. So there's a lot of, there's <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's so principle. Oh so my goodness. Talk about principle without talk about statue. So a statue, let's take the Mona Lisa or um, the 16th chapel. These are things that even though generations changed, Mm-hmm. Um, the weather changed, you know, bad weather, uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, 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 you know, there's different people coming in and out of power, but these statues remain the same. Yeah. It's like character, <laughs> uh, character one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. These are numbers that go in numerical order that cannot be changed and adjusted. They are accepted in every culture, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. These are things that withstand the test of time. And I think a lot of times, because what we fail to ask, there are things that we have that are not appreciated 
because we don't know its value because we've never asked the question. We've never researched. And so I believe that's why people lean on stuff and put food on the piano and food on the organ. It becomes fixtures because, you know, it's really abuse. Mm-hmm. It's really abuse. And I think we have to be so careful of that. We have to be careful uh, to not just go with the flow of things. Just don't go with the flow of, well, it's customary, you know, that I'm just happy to get on this engagement. So I'm not going to ask for this. Right. I'm just happy to be here. And I know that they don't have a lot of money. They told us what they could do concerning us. So I'm not going to even ask. Now we can't do that. Right. We have to value ourselves more than we have in past times. That's for me. Um, that's for you, Kevin. That's for anybody who's listening to this podcast. You have to value yourself, value your time, uh, value what you've invested to be able to ask for what you need to present the best possible, you know, to people so that they can be enjoy and they can be blessed and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Oh, man, that is gold right there. KHP family, if you're listening, value yourselves. Know your value. Because yes. no one, if you don't value yourself, no one's going to do it for you. I, man, to your point, I remember like it was yesterday. Um, I remember uh, here in Kohler, uh, town about north. You, you, you're you familiar with the Kohler uh, Corporation. Uh-oh. Um, They make sinks and bathtubs and. Yes, things. yes. Okay, sorry, yes. yeah. So they're based here about about an hour north of Milwaukee uh, in Wisconsin. And I got a phone call, right? I did all the things right to get this phone call, which was have a website, you know, because the uh, the event coordinator uh, was from Texas. And I got a phone call, said, hey, I'm coming in. I got an event uh, that I'm putting on for Kohler. And uh, I was looking for jazz musicians in the area. And I thought it'd be cool, you know, to have uh, a 30 minute, 15 minute, uh, 15 to a 30 minute segment of uh just some jazz music going on and Mm -hmm. uh and he said i looked i did a quick search and found you i listened to your music and i said this would be perfect right i gave him a price Mm -hmm. and he said okay cool let's do it man we played the show had a great gig whatnot you know it was only 15 20 minutes i think we played and, you know, I had a trio at the time. and I think I charged them like a thousand dollars. Right. And I just felt, you know, a thousand dollars for, you know, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes was I thought that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. I think two days went by and that gentleman called me again. He said he said, Kevin, I want to tell you something, man. First of all, your your band just killed it. I mean, everybody loved you. Mm-hmm. He said, but don't you ever ever charge that little bit of money again wow he said we're talking about Kohler man Kohler they have money beyond money they uh, Kohler (laughs) he said when you told me a thousand dollars I said what in his head but he told me he said look if that's what you charge that's what you charge you know, right. and the crazy thing is, like, further down the line uh, in my career, I learned that a lot of clients, you can scare them away if your price is too low. 
because they automat they automatically associate low prices with poor quality. It just so happens that this 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 uh, coordinator heard my music first, so he knew it was quality. But had it been reversed, right? Say he got a quote and hadn't heard my music, he probably wouldn't have spent any time on me. Wow. He would have said a thousand dollars. Oh no, nah, I can't. No, nah, that can't be good. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. I learned a that valuable way. lesson, Quinnell. A valuable lesson to value yeah. myself. I said, yeah. God, I said, God, you ain't got to tell me twice, because I know yeah. phone calls like that do not happen ever. And it happened to me and he let me go through the process. That's what I really appreciated about it. He actually let me go through the process of closing the deal at a thousand dollars. So he could say, look, most guys out here are going to let you close at low numbers. Yeah. You just ain't going to get this type of follow up phone call. I said, God, you ain't got to tell me twice. (laughs) so so true i had i had a trio i had a trio right and my guys they didn't charge that much i drove they they think they charged me like 150 dollars each i paid out maybe 300 dollars, and i and i kept you know 700 uh probably 650 with the gas and everything but i thought i was doing pretty good right six pocket 650 dollars in 20 20 minutes that's good nope I got a phone call. (laughs) I got a phone call, man. (laughs) And he said, look, this is what I'm going to do for you. He said, I'm going to put you in direct contact with Kohler. So that way you don't even have to go through me or anybody else again. Wow. He said, but when you approach them, you have to talk real numbers. You have to talk value. You have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. So thank you for saying thank you for saying that, man. Oh man, for 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 sure. Because I tell you, when uh, in life there will be things that will happen to you that uh, man, it's it's nothing like something that is not really true becomes your reality. Mm-hmm. Really, really dangerous. And I think you know, I know for myself. Uh, there were some things that happened in my life to where I really, it became my reality, but it was not the truth. Mm. So Uh. what happened was (laughs) my value was based on the reality that wasn't true. Yeah. So this was what people were saying, man, you, you are, oh my God, man, you're on this level and man, and then people saying you're so anointed and then people saying you're you're so humble and saying, yo, you're virtuoso. These are things that I was hearing, but because of my experience, because of the abuse of me, mm-hmm. because me not knowing now my, my perspective of myself calls me well, and estimation of myself was low. So if your value is messed up, then your worth is messed up. Mm. And wow. so I would low, allow people to blowball me and I would lowball myself. Mm. Because I didn't believe because of what I went through that I was what they were saying. Yeah. So you can get a virtuoso and you can get a humble, you can get an, you can get an anointed person. You can get one who's going to change the atmosphere, change the trajectory of services and various different things and come and bring something that's going to lift people and bring tears to their eyes. 
but then they're getting you for pennies. Right. Because you don't know your value because your estimation, your esteem of yourself has been cut down, has been chopped, has been marred, has been scarred throughout the years because of things that we have been through. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what I went through. But I, I I had to relearn it because just like you said, one of the things that I love that you said is you went through it first. He mm-hmm. didn't just correct you then, but he allowed you to go through it. Mm-hmm. And then he came to you and said, I know that process as well. I've had to experience some things and sometimes more than once because nobody told me any mm-hmm. better. Or they told me, but they didn't teach me. See, everybody can't teach, Kevin. I'm sure you've seen that, heard that, experienced that. Everybody's not a teacher. Mm -hmm. A teacher must be an effective communication. I'm learning at this juncture of my life that all communication is not effective communication. Right. Meaning you can give one thing and say it, and you mean one thing, but they never understood what you said. Well, there's something wrong with your teaching, Mm. which means there's something wrong with the teacher. Right. <laughs> Woo. You know, yes, so sir. <laughs> I, I, I just learned some things uh, about valuing myself and even coming through it. And then this is key, man, uh, for those who might be listening. And Kevin, I believe that you would agree with this. This thing bless, has, is blessing me tremendously. Compassion, not just for other people, but true compassion for myself. Mm. Being yes. kind to me yes. with me growing and developing, not knowing. Well, it might take me longer. Maybe I don't learn in three days. Maybe I don't read a book and get it all in one read. I got to read it again. Maybe I need to read a sentence over and over, a paragraph over, a chapter over and over again. Everybody has their process of breaking into something, like breaking into the business, breaking into the music industry, breaking into a particular field. You have to learn, but be patient with yourself in learning. It's okay not to grasp it all at one time if that's not who you are. Right. Be patient and know that there's a process to you continuing to become who you were you know, predestined to be from the beginning of time, before the beginning of time. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Oh, man. That is heavy. That is heavy, man. I I am sure that this information is going to bless somebody. Oh, that's what it's all about. That is is heavy. That is heavy. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's gold. Gold nuggets right here. (laughs) <laughs> on the KH <laughs> on the KH podcast. Wow, that is crazy, man. I'm a we're gonna process that. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. Sure. Um you've had the opportunity to work with artists and ministers. Pastor mm-hmm. Donnie McClurkin, mm-hmm. Fred Hammond, David and Tamala Mann, mm-hmm. uh, one of our my favorites, Kim Burrell. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me what it's like to be in such and to work and to be able to contribute uh, your God-given talent to other ministries that have reached the higher heights in the industry. Oh man, it is uh, it is a fun it's a, it's a phenomenal experience. It's a humbling experience. Um, 
I'll kind of preface what I'm going to say uh, with this. I was uh, living in Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, I was a musician there and before I became a minister of music at this particular ministry there. And uh, one of the things that me and a good brother of mine, a phenomenal producer, uh, Greg Fierce Jr., uh, one thing he, uh, it's like epiphany hit him. And he said this to me and it changed, man, it just changed the way I thought about stuff. He said to me, he said, Cornell, he said, I had an epiphany. I said, man, what do you mean? He said, people can be the most talented as they want to be, the most gifted. But it's a possibility that the most gifted and talented will not make it hmm. in the industry. Yes. I said, what? He said, yeah, man. He said, yeah, they're talented, they're gifted, they got it, they can sing, they can play, they can do whatever they do, but it's a pos- it's possible that they won't make it. Mm-hmm. And so what that said to me, it humbled me in such a great way, man, to just understand that, you know, when you do have opportunity, you got to make the best, you got to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Maximize the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Maximize the moment. I think so many people live in years, they live in months, and they live in weeks mm. uh, that they don't live in the day. Mm. And within the day is the moment. A lot of reflective moments are missed. A lot of uh, uh, moments of gratitude and thankfulness is missed because of what didn't happen or how it was supposed to happen or wanting more. No, be grateful for what you have now because there's people who you would think have done things that possibly haven't done what you've been blessed to do. Right. And so being able to play and work with these artists and ministers and, you know, be on various different platforms, man, it, it humbled me and it, it just let me, it, it kind of showed me how blessed I am, you know, and uh, a whole nother level of gratitude. Um, I learned and was able to take away good and bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And what do you mean? Whoa, how can you say that that's bad? Well, well, I'm glad you're about to touch on this because I was just about yeah. to ask what <laughs> what I was going to say. What has been your biggest, like your hardest lesson that you've learned? Disappointment. Mm-hmm. Disappointment I learned a couple years ago is an appointment that has been displaced. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest, one of the uh, man, one of the the hardest things for me in my life. And I'm sure that this, you know, you'll identify with this, Kevin, as well as so many others that uh, in our world and, you know, in our particular field that we we're in is expectation. When you have expectation in people or in things to be what it was not intended, it can leave you, man, salty. It leaves you offended. It leaves you bothered. It leaves you second guessing yourself second-guessing your talent, second-guessing your ability, second-guessing who you are, mm. taking you down the road and uh, into courses of actions that don't, that, that, that was never intended for you because expectation. You want people to, man, say, oh, man, oh, this is such and such, oh, oh. But one thing you fail to realize is that they're human just like you. Mm-hmm. They've just been blessed with a great gift, a great talent, or great anointing, as people would say, you know. And uh, I believe in all of these things. But you also begin to see how human people can be as well. 
and not to put your stock or to put all your eggs in people or put them in a place to where they become goddish like and mm. not people. Dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. No, they have feelings. They have a heart. They have issues. Uh, man, it's good and bad to everybody. I think the whack thing or what really uh, gets me about us as people, not just black people, white people, people, mankind, is that uh, we literally can, it's almost like deep, it's almost like a line of separation that should not exist between us. Mm-hmm. To where now somebody's better than us, somebody's greater than us, somebody is, you know, I'm belittled because of, or, you know what I'm saying, or now my my definition of success has now been determined by somebody I look to. But then <laughs> I find out the truth that that's not what success is. Right. That's not important. You know what I mean? Right. I have something, I have something to give. I am somebody. I am great. And these are things that I had to learn, uh, not necessarily at the hands of anybody in particular, but, you know, I had to learn like, wow, you know, I'm thinking that this is going to be my big break. I'm thinking that this is going to be my thing to come to find out that it was a lesson. Mm. Painful experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> that all I thought it was, was not all it's cracked up to be. Mm. You know, there was stock and there was high hopes and there was things that was put in this thing that just crumbled right before me. Then what do I do? Then how do I move on? Then how do I go forth? I thought that this was going to be the tour for me. Or I thought that this was going to be the thing for me. And I thought that, and you find out that that's not what it was. Mm. <laughs> I, you know, I'm and so glad, I'm so glad you're touching on that because my thing is, I, I love for musicians to actually discover that um, before they make that costly move to LA or that costly move to New York. And, wow. wh- and what I mean by costly, I don't necessarily mean expensive, even though it is expensive, right. but right. costly in the sense that everything in you crumbles because you've been sold on this dream that doesn't really exist. And, you know, I, I what I see out here is that a lot of musicians will get in that position and they'll their dreams will crumble right and it let's 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 clear up let's let's clear the air what's crumbling the dreams the reality monster you know yeah. it's just reality just busting up the dream it's you know what i'm saying there's a road yeah. to success and there's an ideal way and then there's the real way yeah what happens yeah. is musicians are faced with the reality monster that's what i call it it's the reality monster and it crumbles the dreams but what happens what's even worse than that is they get to these places right they move they leave their hometowns they go to new york they go to la they experience they experience failure but then instead of teaching people who will come after them they mask it They mask it and they perpetuate the failure by just posting pictures. Uh, You know, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm going to post a picture with a celebrity. 
you know, I'm not doing well, but I got this old picture from back when I used to be on tour and I'm going to post that instead of changing the narrative, right? So that's yeah. one, the one thing that is that I find very difficult. That's the one thing that grinds my gears. That can get me going is when I see people that are in position to actually teach better and they don't do it. I think we have a responsibility. Uh, people like myself and you, we have a, yeah. a responsibility once we reach a certain level of success to share the truth, share it through love. But share the truth. Find a way to connect with the people that we know undoubtedly are looking at us. They are watching us. Quinnell, they watching yeah. us, man. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, that's, and if that's they, real. Man. And if they watching us. It, and here's the other thing, Quinnell. I, I got to talk about this. Musicians, especially coming from the church, we put so much stock into individuals who are talented and because they're talented will hang on every word they say every action that they uh, produce will want to repeat it just because we respect them musically That's so true it's so dangerous because yeah. it's so dangerous because that means that because i got chops i can say reckless things i can be irresponsible and you'll just follow right behind me and you'll never hold me accountable because you aspire to be as good as I am. So in order to get my blessing, don't ever check me. And, you know, that's when I turn into Thanos. <laughs> that's when I, that's when the Thanos comes yeah. out, because I'm that guy. I'm like, here, you know, direct all your tomatoes towards me. I'm the guy that gets out here and says, uh, 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 no, no, no. You're not going. Yeah. You're not going to trick. You're not going to fool the youth over here. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. They, you know, people say, "Well, well, Kevin, you you just a hater. You know, you you do this, you do that, you talk about this, you talk about that." And I say, "Well, you know what? If you think about it, I'm not just targeting random keyboard players. Mm -hmm. I say mm -hmm. I can I can list I can list a a a handful of keyboard players, and you would be in that list who are actually out here." killing their instruments and being responsible mm. musically mm. responsible and just being just all around good human beings wow you all stay off my radar for that reason you, you know what i'm saying Cordell? i mean yeah. seriously yeah. let's 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 just let's put it out there there are actually musicians who are out here doing what's necessary doing uh promoting the culture in a good positive light but there are a lot of contradicting uh behaviors and teachings out there that are overshadowing the good guys but you know sure, and that's sure. like i said i gotta put on my gauntlet and i gotta get out there and i gotta take all the tomatoes but i'm cool throw the tomatoes at me i'm just trying to save the people coming i'm not really trying to save the ogs if they don't have it right now Chances are they're not going to get it. They're probably stuck in their ways of perpetuating uh, uh, damaging behaviors. But the youth, mm -hmm. though, if I, I'll catch them, if I can catch them, if I can catch the young guys in Chicago, which I do, man, I try to grab them when I can because yeah, their yeah. environment is so tough. And, and I know I want you to touch on that, too, uh, Quinnell, because 
the talent in Texas is crazy. And I always say, whenever there's crazy, crazy talent in the black community, you better believe there's a ghetto right next door where, where things are haywire. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's yeah. Very true. So I it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so, it, it just warms my heart to hear that. Um, and to see people like yourself out here actually, um, producing good fruit and being a prime example to those who aspire to reach a certain musicality. Um, there's also a lifestyle that goes with it. They cannot ignore your lifestyle, Quinnell. You cannot just take my, my, my beautiful musical expressions and ignore the life I'm living. Yeah. Because yeah. It, co yeah. it coincides. It does. And it's not one of perfection. Just want to make sure yeah. that is, that, that, that's very, very, very clear. Um, I have my stuff, you know, my challenges and things that I go through. But one thing I'm learning is um, I have to learn to love my imperfections. Right. So I am perfectly imperfect. I am. Yeah. And so I have, I've, I've been made perfect and, you know, God, there's no, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the perfection of me, but my perfection comes with my imperfections and that's what makes me me. Right. You know, and I'm learning that that's okay. And one thing I want to say to, you know, the artist, the first question that you asked about the artist, one thing it taught me is to take the good from what I see that I don't want to continue to give off or to be for where I'm going and for the people that I'm assigned to. So I learned that even in the mistakes or not taking care of business and not knowing certain things about the business, it taught me to be responsible for what I did not know. So I think in our, in our, in our culture, in our cultures or in our world today, a world that's made up of systems, a system is a mechanism to where everything is processed. Is what I've been learning. Very heavy, from philosophies, belief systems, ideologies, convictions um, that leads to concepts, that leads to precepts, which is just thoughts and ideas. Everything is thoughts and ideas. We have this thing in our world today to where everybody wants to blame somebody else for what they didn't do concerning. Us. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to take responsibility for what they did not ask what they did not challenge, what they did not study, what they did not pursue, what they did not research. Everybody wants a handout. Right. You know, at one point I had this big thing because I was saying, man, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing this and I'm helping him. Man, and I'm, I'm doing this and I'm serving and I'm lending money and I'm doing this and I'm, you know, just pouring out and why can't get nobody look out, you know, look out for me. You know, why can't nobody just, I'm learning it today. Kevin, this is so important for everybody who's listening. Nobody owes you nothing. Ah, uh, say that again for the people in nobody the back. Nobody <laughs> owes you nothing. <laughs> I wrote a song a couple of years ago and it hit me. It said, you don't owe nobody nothing but to love them. Right. And love don't mean rescuing you or giving you a pass so you ain't got to work. Right. Everybody got to work hard. Everybody 
has to pursue their dreams. Everybody has to take responsibility for what they do know and what they don't know to learn more. Because if you go in business and like we were talking about earlier and you don't position yourself because of not valuing yourself or not studying the company, studying the client that is calling you, studying the music, studying the artist and seeing how do they operate, not just on stage, but what is their you know, what, what is their criteria? What is their ethics? What is going to be on their bad side? What gets them to give more? What do they respect? What don't you got to, we got to research that. Yeah. And so even for the people that I worked with that I thought, man, okay, this is guaranteed. They love my plan. So they're going to take me here. They're going to do this. And when that didn't happen, I'm like, yo, well, what, well, it's possible. Number one, that that's just, <laughs> a part of the culture to tell you if you're phenomenal, you're phenomenal. Yeah. But that don't guarantee you the gig. It don't guarantee. It don't guarantee you. It don't. <laughs> it don't guarantee you. You know, uh, whatever you you had expectation for. But number two, I think that this is even more important. Mm -hmm. In my life, I'm understanding that there are certain circles and certain places that I cannot be in because of what I'm carrying. Right. <laughs> so I can't get mad at God blocking something that I want to be a part of because that's not where I'm going to flourish. Wow. See, we got too many people who are looking to people, uh, their words, their influence. We're looking to their next words. And, and I'm not saying, and nothing is wrong with that in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, now if it's positive, I'm all for it. If it's negative, that's a whole nother thing. Right. But I'm learning <laughs> in my life at this point, And I, I laugh because I just had to understand that I had to be careful that the vision that I've been given was not superseded by my desire to help everybody else get where they got to go. Wow. <laughs> my vision is important. Yes, Who Cornell Gaskin is, is important. Yes. The people that these others may have not touched the way that I've been ordained to touch them. It can't happen if I'm supporting them to a fault to where I forget about what I was called to do. And this is this is a responsibility for, for my brothers and my sisters out there looking to be the next whatever, to be famous. Nothing wrong with that, to be prosperous, to be successful for these things. Let me tell you, you know, you have to take responsibility for your course. Take responsibility mm -hmm. for your foundation. Mm -hmm. Take responsibility for your mind, for your thoughts. Whoever has your head, whoever has your ear has your head. Yes. Take responsibility for the environments that you put yourself. Make sure it's conducive for what you've been given because there will be a people who will miss, who will never change or be converted uh, to better thinking, to a better lifestyle, to prosperity, to healing, to wholeness, because you're trying to hang in a place that is not going to cause you to be the proper seed to be planted in this place to bless so many others that have not been touched yet. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so I'm blessed by looking at all of these things that fail, you know, by working with certain people and thinking certain things was going to happen. And, ha and I said, wow, I've got to look to God and I've got to take this moment to reflect and say, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for keeping me from what I thought I needed that I never needed at all. Wow. 
Wow. And lastly, bro, I'll say that to say I was watching nature with my son. <laughs> and I try to teach my son principles through just, you know, simple things. Mm-hmm. I got a whole other thing. I ain't gonna like go into it. I don't want to say. I ain't gonna say. No, you but know what? I'm, looking... a, I'm already knowing we're gonna need a part two and a maybe part three. We, you know, this ain't. This is not. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, man. If you would again, because I, I will have. We we need to have more conversations. And if you open to yeah. it, we can definitely have more fire. conversations because you 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 got some fire man <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. God is good. yes yes God is, I'm, I'm definitely open to it man. okay um, um but uh to finish that last thought real briefly i told him it said that it was talking about a cheetah mm-hmm. and it was talking about a lion and it was talking about a tiger and it was talking about a fox it was talking about their success rate in capturing prey Hmm. And some was, it's one out of every 20 hunts. It's one out of every 10 hunts. And, but I understood about these animals. These under, animals understood that I am the predator. My survival or the success in my life as whatever particular animal I am is going to be based on my acceptance of failure. Mm. But I understood if I didn't fail, I couldn't get what I was pursuing. Right. So we cannot be afraid to fail because it has to be that hunger that drives us beyond failure to keep pursuing what we know we're called to, what we're called to do, what we've been commissioned to do, what we feel the intuitive factors in us, uh, in our belly, that movement, that gut feeling to press beyond, to, to change my course of action, to make an adjustment, yeah. to transition from relationships, to transition from people, to transition from circles, to transition, to get to what I feel and what I see that is greater than where I am now. Oh, man. Or even be greater than what I've seen before me. Yes. Yes. To have more resources, to have better relationships to make sure I manage better relationships to where I never look to people to be what they were never intended to be to me. You are not my savior. Mm. You are not my God. You are not going to be my counselor forever. It's to bring me my encounter with my relationships. Sometimes it's to bring me from one point in a season or a moment to another point in my life to fulfill what what I was put on this earth to do. Mm. Oh man. Oh, so man. failure is a part of it. Except that, except failure as part of the process, it's okay. You're yeah. gonna fail, yeah. man. Bill Gates failed. Yeah. Uh, Oprah Winfrey failed, and and um, uh, Napoleon Hill failed. The the writer of Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have failed more than we do the research of their failures. To now see the billionaires, the millionaires the people who are trendsetting or trendsetters and how their thoughts and ideas and products are still living, yeah. still, still changing lives, but they went through something Yes. to get to that. So, no, that's good. And two, um, it's funny you bring up Napoleon Hill because that book just came in, in the mail the other day. I, me and my daughter. Went really? Yeah. So it's funny. <laughs> it's, that's on, it, it's on the shelf. I haven't time. I haven't had time to read it. Uh, but I'm talking to people who have read it, 
in in fact that uh book was recommended to me uh by a good friend of mine and now you're bringing it up so okay yeah i'm I'm gonna find time to dive into that i want to let the listeners know that to your point about embracing failure i want to tell you all um because a lot of you are musicians let me tell you where you're displaying your fear of failure when we see those posts that say hey y'all if i release this music how many y'all gonna buy it that right there is the fear of failure You're, you're treading water too lightly you need to just jump on in because you're not going to be able to conduct right. an accurate market analysis by asking a question like that on Facebook. That's right. Put that That's product right. out. See what happens. Make adjustments. Oh, man, that is so key. Thank you, Quinnell, for saying that. Make mm-hmm. adjustments. Embrace the failures. <laughs> Make adjustments and you will see your way to success. But nobody is getting, nobody is traveling that road, not experiencing failure. So you have to be able to embrace that and not be afraid of it, not be afraid to talk about it because each one teach one. You'll be able to help and guide someone else. But the only people out here who have anything of of substance have actually failed. That's right. That's how we can speak so passionately about about life. (laughs) <laughs> we've done things the wrong way so it's like yo <laughs> where, do you th- where do you think this is coming from so if you aspire right you you talk about uh you know reaching a certain musicianship a certain level of musicianship well you've had to hit a ton of bad notes to get there you know you had to you had to sacrifice watching football games or, or going to the to, to the school dance you know that's what i did when i was in high school a lot of people say oh man i wish i could play like you but you know i didn't have a lot of fun not that type of fun i just wanted to be on my instrument so there was yeah. a lot of sacrifice so <laughs> the only thing that makes me different from anybody else was the amount of time that i was that i allotted my life to be dedicated towards my craft that's right that that's it and I and, right. and I'm hearing what I'm hearing and I'm developing, uh, of course, according to my musical background. But, uh, yeah, embracing failure is your key to to success. And I appreciate you saying that, man. I know we're going to have to have a part two. I, I, I feel bad that this has gone an hour. I told you this is supposed to be 25 <laughs> minutes. Man, we have been talking for an hour and I know we could go longer. Um, yeah. This is crazy because I, I, you know, I had a couple more questions, but we can we can stop here and do a part two. Um, sure. Um, and then I'll talk about things like uh, who's inspired you the most, and you know what you're most proud of, and things like that. We'll, we can talk about that, and then I definitely want to touch on um, the online lessons that you offer because uh, maximizing earning potentials and and uh, going or diving into entrepreneurship is what I'm all about. So I love to see things like that. I love to see efforts like that. And I want to do everything in my power to help push um, those efforts. Thank you. Thank you. You know, right. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll cut on that note and then we'll just schedule another one, man. This is, this has, this has deeply touched me. You have 
helped me today. Sir, yes, you have helped me. I feel amazing right now. And I know you as the listeners, you feel amazing. Take this knowledge and apply it. We'll, we'll do a part two, maybe a part three. Yeah, we might, might even do a whole series, man, because we, we, I don't know. This is just good, man. I am smiling from ear to ear. I am feeling great, man. I'm feeling like I can go out and just conquer the world right now. I appreciate your words and your energy, Mr. Quinnell Gaskin. Thank you so much for oh, joining you're us. You're so welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to the Kevin Hayden Podcast. Check out the show notes for this episode and all other episodes at www.kevinhaydenmedia.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more listeners, the better. Thanks for being a part of the KHP family. That's the Kevin Hayden Podcast family. Until next time.